Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. So this will be a little bit interactive. <laughs> never, done, never done this seminar with this many people. So um, we'll do the best that we can because it's a bigger room. Um, but Matthew chapter 8, just four verses, uh, and then we'll, uh, we'll get into it. Can we pray? Um, let's pray before we jump into his word. Father, we give you thanks for this morning. We thank you for your word. It's reliable and true, especially as we live in a culture that seems to want to accept confusion. God, please, would you lead us to truth? God, there's times I read your word and there's parts that really sting or parts that I might not even like in certain seasons of my life. But you've given us your word as a way to guard our hearts and to guard our steps. Obedience to you, there's blessing in it. There's blessing in how we live and what we experience with you. God, I pray that through this, just like you taught me a lot of years ago, that this would be something that springboards these students and whoever else is here into spending time with you daily, hourly, with you in your word, God. So please speak as only you can. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone who agrees says, amen. All right, here's a... Like I said, it was, it was a while back. I started trying to do the math, and I think it was this month, 30, <laughs> 30 years ago. I know, that's crazy. You shut up. Uh, <laughs> uh, right, outside in, uh, right outside here, close to where the deck is, I'd never heard anyone tell me this is how you spend time with God in the Bible. Because you ever had that experience where you leave camp and you're just jacked up and you're like, I'm going to read the Bible tomorrow. All of it. I'm going to finish it. And so you'll start in Genesis, and you're doing pretty well. And there's some weird, there's some weird stories in there. Then you get to Exodus, and still pretty good. And you get to the middle of Exodus, you're like, uh-oh. And then you get to Leviticus. Wow. You kind of start looking. It's like, is this God's cure for insomnia? Like, what's the point? I don't get it. And you lose heart. You're done. Guys, the Bible's not like any other book on the planet. <clears throat> Bible, it's living and active. The Holy Spirit speaks to us through it. So when people say, I just want to hear the Holy Spirit. I want to hear God speak. Friends, you've got to get your face in the book. It doesn't mean he doesn't speak personally. But you ever, you ever have all these different thoughts that pop in your head and how do you decipher which one's of God? Well, the way is you take the scriptures. The scriptures become the filter. This is truth. And so I remember when I was 19, I'd never had anyone tell me, this is how you do it, just that I, would, that I should do it. So I'm hoping that this is a blessing. Remember, this is just a way. It's not the way. And so if you already have one, great. If something I say adds to what you're doing, beautiful, wonderful. If after we're done, you hear somebody else say, this is what I do, wonderful, go with that. So long as you're in the word, so long as you're spending time with Jesus in the word. Does that make sense? So if you have something to write with, something to write on, on that paper, just write this acronym down the, the left side of the call, or the left side of the page. It's prom was. And you're like, that's not a word. I know it's not a word, but you won't forget it because you can always connect it. How was prom? Prom was awesome. Prom was stupid. Like whatever prom was, you can say prom was. So P-R-O-M-W-A-S. Each of those letters means something. And so the first one is this, you pray. P is pray. And it's just, I mean, just ask God. God, would you reveal? Guys, we don't find anything in the scriptures. He reveals it to us. And so what that changes, it's not me trying to find it all by myself. It's me trying to hear God. It's me wanting God to reveal. So now it's interaction with him rather than just reading about him. And it doesn't have to be a time where you're trying to impress Jesus with all the 
the, the Christianese words that you know, like all the, hey, God, glorification and justification and sanctification. It's like going through all the words or knowing all of his names, Alpha and Omega, begin the end. What if you just start talking? What if you don't even say, dear God? Do you ever wonder if God's just sitting there going, he didn't say, dear Jesus. I don't, oh, is he talking to me? I'm so sorry, I didn't get that. Guys, it's not, he's not, he's not clueless. And so I usually just pray something like, like this. God, would you reveal, would you please reveal more of you that I could love you more? And that's where I start. That's all I say. I just want to know, I want to know you more. Would you reveal truth to me? So P is what? Good job. R, read. This is where some people go, I'm out. I don't like to read. Guys, I get that many don't like to read for fun. I understand that, but we all read. I mean, you read a menu, right? You read social media posts. like, no, everything's on video now. I know, and there's a danger with that. Guys, think about it. If God, if we understood the value of who God is, and we sit and go, hey, he, he put together this book that took 1,500 years to write. 1,500 years, three different, three different continents, three different languages, 40 different authors, so that we could know him, our plight, his remedy. That he wants to speak to us if we really understood the value of the one who gave us this book. Maybe we'd stop using the excuse of, I don't like to read. So again, for those who say, I don't, I don't enjoy reading, that's fine. But what if you start, and we go slow. What if you start and trust that the Lord's going to increase your desire for it? Guys, I think a lot of times we jump into this, God... Help me want to read your word. And then nothing changes, right? It just is the same thing. But what if he's just waiting for you to take the step to actually start reading it? And then as you read it, then he increases your desire for it. So what do you read? Guys, I think you should pick a book and finish a book. I don't think you have to start in Genesis and go through. You can pick a book, finish a book. But don't... <laughs> you, ever, you ever try to fill out, figure out the will of the Lord by doing this? Lord... Speak. Wait, <laughs> the font in my Bible has shrunk. Yet if they turn their heart in the land to which they have been carried captive and repent and plead with you in the land of the captivity, saying we have sinned and have acted perversely and wickedly. God, that doesn't answer the question of where you want me to go to college. <laughs> it's a good verse. There's some truth in it, but guys, that's not, that's not how it works. Guys, we want to spend time with him. There's an original intent behind why a book was written, why a book of the Bible was written. The same way when you send a message or a text to somebody, you don't expect that they're going to just read the middle. You expect they're going to start at the beginning and finish it. True? Same thing with this. You want to read, start a book, finish a book. How much should you read? 72 chapters a day. No, I'm just joking. Guys, this is how I started. For those who say I don't like to read. Guys, in Matthew chapter 8, Say we, say we started in chapter one, we're out, now we're here in chapter eight. I'm asking you, if in your Bibles, do you see the subheading over verse one? Do you see the next subheading down right before verse five? Just four verses, subheading to subheading. Just go subheading to subheading. Guys, there's no race. For those that say, I wanna read the Bible in a year, go for it, wonderful. But it's not like you're more spiritual if you do. Now, guys, I've started that habit and I like it, but I also have times where I'm just getting into the word. I want, to go, I want to go smaller chunks. So guys, just go subheading to subheading. And you just simply read it. Okay? So, didn't know there'd be this many. So let me read it, because I don't know if we can hear everybody if you were to do it. Verse 1. When he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper 
came to him and knelt before him saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. That's it. Guys, it took less than a minute. So when people say, I don't have enough time, guys, we always make time for that which is most important to us. You will always make time, not find time, because it seems like time is always fleeting, but you will always, I will always make time for the things that are most important. So when this becomes most important, you will make time. Guys, if I was to show you my calendar, my Google calendar, every day I've got things blocked out because I want to work on certain things. The first thing in there, time with Jesus, I actually block it like an appointment. No one breaks the appointment because most people aren't up at that time anyways, but so it helps. But no one breaks. I put it in my calendar because it is important to me. I make the time. So you'll always make the time for that which is most important. Which translation is the right one? <gasps> Guys, for those of you who say, I love King James, go for it. Go for it. I mean, if you're just sitting there. I just love that language. Wonderful. I don't get it. Like maybe you're just sitting there and you're in like a Shakespearean play every time you're reading and you're just loving that, go for it. If you're understanding what you're reading, wonderful. But friends, I, I would say that there's a lot of preference in this. And there's so many out there. I mean, NIV's been around for a while. I, my personal favorite's ESV, uh, CSB, Christian Standard Bible, it's a newer one. Man, it's pretty, it's pretty impressive. Guys, just maybe, maybe the best thing to do, talk to your youth pastor or youth worker. Hey, what, what do you read? And just get their opinion on it. I'm not going to say this is the only one. Just make sure that it's a translation. Guys, I like Eugene Peterson's message, but it's one guy. And he knew the languages, but it's one guy. I use it like a commentary. But I want, I want a group of people who know the languages coming together to translate it. So just find one. Talk to your youth pastor about which one that might be. So P is what? R. O is observe. You observe. So we're going to go back through the passage, and we're going to try this. I'm going to make it a little bit interactive. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to look at the passage, and you cannot tell me what it means. We're not there yet. So don't say, hey, this verse, that means, no, 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 we're not there. Observation is you're pretty much answering the questions like who, what, where, when. Just uh, how many people are there? Where are they? Are there words that are repeated? Is there ordering events? Is there, no, is there an order of the events that are happening? Um, where did they come from? Where are they going? All those types of questions is what you're going to show, is what we're going to deal with. Does that make sense? So it's not, this is what it means. It's no, this is what it says. Okay? Let me, I'll, read the first, I'll read verse one, and then you start, I'll just raise your hand, because if it's not, it's going to be chaos. If, if something stands out to you, I'll call on you, just, but you have to scream it out to everybody. Verse one, when he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. When he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. What stood out? Anybody want to go for it? Wait, yep. Great crowds. How many is that? I'm going to guess it's more than three. So there's a bunch, right? There's this massive crowd of people. Who is he? Jesus. Okay, that's important. You're like, Jesus. It feels like Sunday school when you're seven, right? Jesus. And so you got Jesus. You got this massive crowd. What else stands out from the passage? What else pops out off the page? Raise your hand because I can't hear. I'm so sorry. Somebody started. Yeah, go for it. Say it one more time. Below a mountain, okay? So when he came down from the mountain, and this is where I would ask the question, what was he doing on the mountain? Like, what was he doing there? Well, friends, if, you'd started, if we had started in verse one, 
We'd already, we get to chapter five and chapter six and chapter seven where the most famous and most amazing message that was ever preached was preached. And so we know that Jesus was preaching from the mountain. Okay, that's observation. Here's the thing. Just write, up, write it all up in your Bible. Like just, I mean, I don't know if you can see it. Like I just, I just mark it up. I highlight things. It's going to sound heretical. Youth pastors hang in there when I say this. I add pages. And it's like, no, no, it's not like second revelation. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying I'll take a piece of paper, I'll put a glue stick on one end, and I'll stick it in there so I can write more notes because I cannot. Anybody like this? I can't remember anything unless I'm writing. I can't, I can't comprehend it. It doesn't make any sense, and I don't remember it. So when people go, Brian, this is the word of the Lord. I know. You write in it. I do because it's not his face. It's his word. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with writing in the Bible. And in fact, I actually think, I actually think that God enjoys it. He likes it. Guys, the goal is to get the word into us. And if I can't remember by not marking it, God's going to go, just mark it up. So don't, don't feel like you're doing anything wrong with that. Verse 2. I'll read that. We'll do the observations again. You guys are doing great so far. Verse 2. Behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. What stands out? Knelt before him. Yep. There's a leper. Not a leopard. <laughs> That'd be interesting. That sounds like the garden. There's a leper. What's a leper? I don't know. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Someone's leprosy. And leprosy is a... Guys, it's something that happens where your body, when you, when you have it, it starts to eat itself away. So the nose and the ears start to eat themselves away. The digits can start to eat themselves away. It's obvious, and it's contagious. And guys, you can learn this stuff just because there's so many free resources that are out there where you can actually read up on this. Because when you know the context of what it is that you're reading, the scriptures open up. It's like the Holy Spirit goes, hey, here's a nugget. Oh, this makes more sense because of that. So when you know that a leper, if a person, is, if a person comes down with leprosy, they're supposed to be separated from the rest of the community and live in a colony with other lepers. And then if they walk into a city and they see someone coming toward them, they have to walk into a town and they see them, they have to cover their mouth and point to them and scream out unclean so that they can get out of the way. Nobody wants to touch them because if you touch a person with leprosy, you're considered unclean. So does that now open up, for those who know, I never knew that, does that open up the passage a little bit? So he said, hey, knelt before him. A man with leprosy knelt before him. How did the guy with leprosy make it through the great crowd and get right in front of Jesus if he's unclean? And there's a question you would write. How did that happen? What did it look like? What else stands out to me in verse two? Anything? Yep. Lord, if you will. First he calls him what? Lord. Now that's not Yahweh. That's not like the official name. But it's a term of respect. Lord, what else is in that? If you will, you can. Is he requesting or is he making a statement? He's making a statement, right? He didn't ask a question. Would you please do this? He says, if you will, you can. If you will, you can do this. That's all he says, right? Is there anything else that he says in the verse? No, that's it. And he, uh, verse three, ready? Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. What stands out? Yep, real loud. Touched him. Uh-oh. 
What happens if a person touches a person with leprosy? Oh, oh, did Jesus just screw up? Oh, let's see. One more time. I'm willing. That's his, that's his answer. I'm willing. First thing he says. And then what's the, the next thing he says? Yep, I will be clean. I am willing. Be clean. And then what else stands out? There's a key that way in the back. Yep, his leprosy was cured. And how long did it take? Immediately. Dang. This isn't who's there, remember, in verse 1? More than three, right? Great crowd. The front rows get to see this happen. And it happened immediately. Isn't that crazy? You just kind of go, dang, I wish I could have been there. He, he, makes the, he makes the statement of faith, and Jesus responds and heals him immediately. And then verse 4, Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. Anything stand out to you? Rule out. Yep. Say nothing to anyone. Okay, I'm not going to lie. Guys, who would disobey that one? Hard to keep that one quiet, isn't it? You're like, you're healed. You get to go back into society. And he says, don't tell anybody. Mm, that's going to be hard to do. But what's he say to do? Yep. Show yourself to the priest. Now, why would he have to do that? Well, when you read the scriptures and you take from cover to cover, the Bible is the best commentary for the Bible. You see that the Old Testament says, hey, you got to go show yourself to the priest. And there was, there, was this, there was these rules set up of what the priest would have to look for and do in order that a person could be reinstated back into society. So what Jesus says is, go do what the law says. Anything else stand out to you? Okay, great job. Oh, did you have one? Oh, offer the gift, right? So he says, hey, follow everything that's written in there. Good job. So P is what? R O M. Guess it. Meeting? Meditate. Who said it? Nailed it. Meditate. Yeah. You sit there and go, wait, meditate. Like, hmm, not hmm. Just think. This is where you go through the passage and maybe you read through it again and you start asking questions. So it's not just I'm observing facts. I'm going to ask questions about the passage. So let me read it again. If a question comes to your mind, I want you to tell me what it is. Okay, verse one again. When he came down the mountain, or came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. I'll read verse two as well. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Any questions pop into your mind? Yep. Why didn't he ask what? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Why, why, did he, why did he make a statement of faith rather than just ask, would you please, would you please, would you please? Okay, I think that's important. I'd write that down. What else? Anything else? Any other questions pop up, make you kind of think through it? Which mountain was it? Absolutely. Why not? Ask the questions. Yep. What about that? Yep. I, how, did, how did this guy make it to the crowd? You ever wonder if he actually used what he had to deal with to his advantage? As he walks up, he's like, usually I just seem unclean, and they all get out of the way. Unclean, unclean, and they're like, ah, 
God. And maybe Jesus is like, yes. Look at you. Look at that. What about in the back? Real loud. Ooh, how many people would he be, quote, unquote, infected? Oh, dang. Then the next question, did, were they ticked? Oh, man. Here's the other question I asked. Hey, what if, you're, what if you're next in line to be healed? Because the end of chapter four, Jesus is healing a bunch of people. And then he starts to preach. And what if you're in the front row and he finishes and he comes down and you're next? It's like you're looking at him and this dude just cuts in line. Oh. Has anyone ever had that happen at an amusement park? Does anybody here do that at an amusement park? Don't confess that, but I hate that. Hate that. It's like, I'm just like where, where are all these kids? My mom's up there. There's like 40 of you. There's no way. Someone had their hand up over here. Real quick, Shh. real loud. How does he know who Jesus is, right? I mean, but here's the thing. You read Matthew 1 through, one through 7. Well, if it's possible, maybe, maybe it's possible. That he's watching from a distance as Jesus, he's healing person after person after person. I mean, think about it. It's like he's watching all these healings and then he hears the message preached and maybe has this idea, I don't think this is just a guy. But all these come from questions. Do you see what happens when you slow down and you start asking questions and you start looking at who's there and what and words that are repeated and ordering of events? It actually starts to come alive rather than this. I read it, check I took it off my Christian box. I even prayed a little bit. Guys, can you imagine? And guys, I've been married. We just celebrated 25 years. Can you imagine if I treated my wife like that? If I communicated with my wife the way that a lot of us spend time with God? Like every day, Kelly, we're going to get up same time every day. And then we're going to sit across from each other. And then I'm going to talk for 10 minutes. And you're just going to listen. You can't interrupt. And then I finish. Oh, God, I'm done. Whew, that was long. And then, and then you ever have those moments of silence, you're not sure what to do, so you just repeat the name. It's like, oh, Kelly, 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 thank you. I'm so thankful for you, Kelly, Kelly. We don't do that in prayer, do we? Jesus, thank you. I'm so thankful for you, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, thank you. Because we have this pressure that you have to pray. If there's ever a pause, like Jesus is sitting there going, he doesn't mean it. She doesn't mean it. They're faking it. They're not passionate enough. I'm going to make life harder. Like, what if we just had a conversation? Something comes up, you say it. Nothing's on your mind. You don't have to say his name. He knows who he is. Can you imagine? So for 10 minutes, Kelly and I, I'm talking. She's not saying a word because it's not her time. Then all of a sudden, I finish. Okay, your turn. Talk. 10 minutes. Okay, you're done. See you tomorrow. Don't talk to me the rest of the day. And I won't talk to you the rest of the day. Can you imagine the kind of relationship we would have? We wouldn't have one. And maybe that's why some of you don't have that intimacy with Jesus. Because he's just a box to check. So you can get on with your real life. Not understanding that Jesus is your life. There is no life outside of him. Guys, when you, start, when you, when you sit and you make time and you sacrifice, quote unquote, sacrifice time to be with him, it turns, out, it turns away from being a sacrifice to being a joy and you want to be with him. But if it's just a Christian box so you can say that you're a good Christian at the end of the day, guys, I'll be honest, there's no such thing as a good Christian. All sinners saved by grace. We're just followers of Jesus. Don't check the box so you can get it out of the way. Slow down, ask the questions, ask him questions and enjoy the process. 
Verse 3 and 4, I'll read it. Uh, three and four. And Jesus stretched out his hand, touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, see that you, I'm sorry, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priests and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. One or two questions. Anything real quick? Yep. Yeah. How's he supposed to explain to the priest what happened? Yep. It's like, I'm not allowed to tell you, but okay. Anybody else? Yes, what you have? What's words? What's that? Okay. Well, here's the thing. I only have like five minutes. So if you go to, I wrote it in my Bible, Leviticus 14, um, 14, 13, and Leviticus chapter 13. Go to Leviticus 13 and 14, and you'll see what it is that's been prescribed. Cool? Yeah. Yeah, why don't you want to tell anybody? Like, this is the time. Okay. P R O M. W, nope, it's just a little tricky, right. You're like, ah, oh, you suck, okay, <laughs> yeah, right, W-R-I-T-E, you're like, ah, oh, this is not fair. Yeah, you're right, I didn't bring it out with me. I, guys, I, I carry a journal with me everywhere I go, and I just, and here's, for those who likes creative writing, I just love it, can you write something, whether it's a poem or a story, from the perspective of the man that was healed? Heck, yes, you can. Can you write a story from the perspective of a, like a person in the front row who was maybe next? Absolutely. Can you write a story from the perspective of, say, a religious leader who can't stand Jesus and what it is that he's doing and saying? Absolutely. Get creative and write this kind of things. For those who say, who, who doesn't like creative writing? Which is the rest. The first one's raised their hand. This is like, I don't even care. Here's what you write. Guys, when something pops off the page, write that verse. And then write out why you wrote it. Why do I think it pops off the page? Because the Holy Spirit's trying to go, pay attention. This one. This is important. Because it's amazing. One thing will pop out one time, and the next time you read it, something completely different pops out. So just write out the verse, word for word, and why you wrote it. Does that make sense? P R O M W A Apply. Apply. Guys, this is so important. To just have information is one thing. But we, we want to be transformed by what it is that we read, what it is that we learn. So you just ask the Lord. Guys, this is not the question that you ask when you go into the Bible. You don't say, what, is this, what, is this, what does this passage mean to me? Guys, that's not what you ask. What you ask is, God, what does this passage say? What's the truth of this passage and then when he reveals the truth, you then say, God, how do I reveal your truth to what I'm dealing with? How do I apply it to my life? What do I need to change? What do I need to work on? Or maybe Jesus has actually given you a, hey, a boy, a girl, well done. Like, guys, when you can get to that place in your relationship with Jesus where you sense his favor, like he's going, I can't believe you just did that for me. Oh, it's revolutionary. But if all you hear is God just going, not enough, not enough, not enough. Guys, you're missing out on the joy and the favor and the beauty of God. Guys, one of the applications for me in this, he doesn't ask, he makes a statement of faith. Guys, when you approach Jesus, we can just say, God, if you want to, you can, and leave it to him. I remember I prayed this way over a, a young lady. She came up walking up to me after a worship service years ago. 
And I'd, I'd seen her at our Thursday night thing, our young adult thing that I was leading, but I never saw her on Sunday morning. Her and her boyfriend walked up, never met him before because they always snuck out the back. She says, she comes up, she says, can you pray for me? I said, sure. And then she starts to cry and I go, oh crud, this is serious. I said, what is it? She goes, can you pray for my shoulder? Okay, I'm not gonna lie. First thought was like, your shoulder? Like, you're crying already. Like, your shoulder, I was picturing something big. She goes, I said, well, explain it, because you're, you're pretty emotional, what's going on? And she goes, well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm studying at USC to get my PhD in physical therapy, and then she starts to lose. I was like, got it. If God doesn't heal, you can't do what you've always wanted to do. And she's just crying. I says, pray. So her boyfriend's there. I put my hand on his shoulder and put my hands on her shoulder. Well, not like, I didn't like grip. <laughs> Be healed, demon. It wasn't like that. I lightly, lightly did. And this is the passage that came to my mind, this verse. And all I said was this, God, if you want to, you can heal her. Jesus, if you want to, you can heal her. Amen. And she looked up with this look like, that's it? Like, you're the professional? I was like, I just got it from Google. It's fine. <laughs> like, yeah, and so, hey, tomorrow, I want, you to, I want you to email me and tell me how you're feeling. Because I always feel like if you're going to pray for someone's healing, ask them. I usually ask right in the moment. Because I did. I asked her, hey, how are you feeling? She goes, I think it feels better. I'm like, oh, okay. I said, tomorrow, why don't you tell me, like, email me. So I get an email. The next day, I check my email. Boom, and it's long. And I went, oh, this could be really good. Or this could be really bad. Brace yourself. First line was, Brian, last night's the, the first night I've slept through the night in years because I have no pain in my shoulder. And I went, ah! I screamed as loud as I could. My assistant's outside my office going, you okay? I'm like, uh, I'm just reading emails. I was just so excited. <laughs> so I emailed her back, but I felt the pressure. If you ever feel the pressure? Like you have to make sure the message that you give is just as long as the one you got. And I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh, this is like a novel. Um, hey, what's up? What's your favorite shrub? Like, I don't know what to say. I said, this is amazing. Hey, in two days, let me know how you're doing. Two days, I don't hear from her, so I email her. Emails me right back. She goes, Brian, I went swimming yesterday. It doesn't hurt. I'm like, what the heck? Are you kidding me? I have one of those stories. Now I can write a book and make millions of dollars. No, I didn't, say, I didn't do that. But it's like, oh, this is awesome. I see her the next Thursday. She walks up. Brian, you want to hear more about this? I'm like, I'm tired of your miracle. I said, of course. She goes, I went to my physical therapist. He's doing all his Frankenstein stuff, moving all around. He, he, he said this. I don't understand, it's like you never got hurt. And she's now doing physical therapy at a place in Casa Colina in Pomona, and she's still healed. And I sat there and I went, ah! Like it's that. And the beauty of it, immediately. But does God still work in the immediate? Here it happened immediately, but we don't know how long he struggled with this. And I don't know how long you're struggling with what you're struggling with. But when God says it's done, done. Guys, he still works in the immediate. The other thing stands out to me. Notice Jesus said, I will be clean. But he said that he reached out his hand and touched him and then healed him. He should have done it the other way, right? You heal him first, then you can touch him. Guys, here's why I love this passage. I love this passage. Did this man need to be healed that day? Was he going to die? No. I mean, he made it to Jesus. He's walking around. Guys, he didn't need to be healed that day, but he needed to be touched. In other words, Jesus knows what you need. And what a beautiful application, right? 
Like, I want this. God, I need, I need. He's like, I know you think you need that. I'm going to do something that is much more necessary. I'm going to touch you. Why? Because nobody had for a long time. Guys, there's application. The last one, S, and we got to get you out of here. S is share. Here's what you do. You ask the Lord when you're done. God, does anybody want me to share this with? Show of hands. How many of you ever gotten that perfect email, text message, phone call visit from that friend or that someone at the perfect time that you needed? Anybody? Now look around the room. It's like, dang, a lot of us. Guys, you realize it's a biblical concept? In 2 Corinthians chapter 6 or 7, Paul says, Paul says this, but God who comforts the downcast comforted me by the coming of Titus. By the coming of his friend, God comforted him. Think about it. You could be the answer to someone's prayer and be divinely used to do a miraculous work in their life rather than just giving all credit to coincidence. So last time, we'll just run through the letters. P, R, O, M, W, A, S, blessings. Love you guys more than you know, guys. Have a great rest of your day.